Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome to our Emotions Matter Really podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. Hello, hello. It's that time of the week again. Podcast time with me, Matthew and Chantelle. On emotions matter, really. Chantel, what amazing things have you got in store for us for this episode? Well, we've got a really interesting conversation with a gentleman by the name of James Smith, a vice president from a innovative job platform for healthcare workers in Canada called Caring Support. But before we carry on, I just want to say happy birthday for earlier this week, Matthew. Thank you very much. Yes, it was a lovely day and I got some lovely surprises as well as wishes from unexpected places and people. So all told, a really, really nice day. So tell us a little bit about James and his background. James is a seasoned professional. I always get curious around those words, seasoned, you know, like well done, flavorful. Anyway, he's a seasoned professional from the IT technology sector and has worked in a variety of different roles, customer service, sales, account management and community building. James is an advocate of emotional intelligence and absolutely loves to network and you'll see how much in the interview, be active in the community and build genuine relationships by truly understanding how people think, feel and operate. Mm, Yes, he enjoys bringing amazing people and organizations together so that they can have conversations and benefit from the resulting opportunities. He, yes, and I think that we thoroughly enjoyed listening and listening to him and listening to his life lessons, listening to the how passionate he is uh, and his commitment to building relationships. Enjoy the interview and we'll catch you on the other side. Welcome, James Smith. So lovely to have you with us today. Just would like to welcome you to our podcast, Emotions Matter Really. And just to ask you the first question, which is, tell us a little bit about your background, your backstory, and your professional journey to date. Sure. Well, I initially worked in technology for many, many years, like 25 plus years, and um, in all forms of IT. Um, And, you know, and I initially was leading service divisions, but but I moved over to sales. And in the process of doing that, so this is like eight, nine years ago, I went out and networked and I absolutely fell in love with it. I had no idea that I would love it as much as I do. So, uh, and you know, what's interesting is, is today's business that we created is, is it's a reflection 
of, of what I do. It's bringing people together, you know, because that's so powerful. It really is. Cool. So just in terms of the, the, the transition, uh, how, I mean, was it organic? Did it, I mean, did you wake up one day kind of light bulb moment? Was it incremental? Well, actually, it's a little more innocent than that. It's my business partner, the CEO and president of the company, he, um, we're very good friends. And, 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 you know, he was thinking about this, this model that could be built. And then he called me out of the blue and said, listen, I, I got this idea. I think it's going to be really awesome, but I want to build it with you. So we met over coffee and I looked at it and I provided some ideas on how this could be done. And, and he was like, yeah, this is really great. Writing this down. So before you know it, I'm like, you know what? I'm in. Uh, let's do this. Let's, let's really make this awesome. We're very passionate people. Uh, Purpose-driven. Absolutely. Wow. That sounds amazing. So tell us about caring support and what drove the development of this, um, this offering. Well, you know, traditionally... Uh, I think the, the best way to do this is to say, where is the opportunity? Where's a problem that we can fix? Instead of sometimes people build different things and then they go out looking for a problem to fix. And, and I'm like, you know what? That's not the mindset that we had. So we, we saw a genuine opportunity to address the healthcare staffing crisis. And, you know, we are Canadian based. We will go across North America for sure. And maybe even Europe one day, but the truth of the matter is, is right now as it stands, we thought, okay, how do we make this experience better? Like streamline and shorten the whole hiring process. And it's all about bringing in candidates from every source into one area. And not just the ability for a healthcare or health and wellness organization to post jobs and sit back and wait, which is a reactive model. But also, what if I proactively give you access to my aggregated database? And you basically can go in and specify what you're looking for in the way of nurses and and you know, all forms of stuff, including into the physio and rehab world and mental health, uh, it, it really, it's a diverse uh, field because it, it covers all aspects of healthcare and health and wellness, and it will continue to expand. So we have companies that we're working with that are hiring people uh, on a rate they've never done before. Um, so for instance, um, you know, there's some companies that come back to us and say, look, you know, our hiring process, as you know, James, has been four to six weeks. And we're hiring nurses and uh, it, we have a classification for personal social workers here, PSWs, like just different equivalents around the world, um, but uh, for companion and caregivers and sort of related. But the people are hiring uh, these folks faster than ever in days. We've got places hiring 15 to 20 people per week. And yeah, so it's just so much faster. And then when you think about the schools where you would get potential candidates from, whether it's internships, practicums, co-ops, or full-on placement, we said, why don't we just invite the schools on the platform and be able to communicate, be able to share profiles instantly of their own students, even if they're alumni, and then also be able to champion them, right? All really fast with instant messaging. So this, uh, you know, it's just people see it and they go, oh my God, this is such a brilliant idea. Like it's so simple to use. It's very uh, intuitive, but yet, I, again, as I say, it's very simple. And we, everything from the candidate experience, which is free, they get on the platform and, you know, we're in, uh, and it took a pandemic for this to happen, which is too bad, but at least it is happening. It's now a candidate market. 
And it should have been a candidate market from the first place. Uh, because it's not about the company, it's about the, the person coming in, right? It, it, that's, that's what really matters. It's down to people. It's always down to people and relationships. And so what we did was, you know, we said, hey, what if we just created something that's easier for people to communicate instantly, be able to have a school's champion, uh, and now we're talking about some other ideas too. So we have a very robust roadmap and we're doing really, really well, which is great. Now that is amazing. That really is amazing. And this was all done also. So when was it actually launched? Was it launched at the beginning of the pandemic? Or was it launched beforehand? It was kind of in the stages of post pandemic because what's so weird about the pandemic is one minute you think it's over and then it's not. And, and we all know that and things kept coming back and it was lockdowns and, and, you know, some countries fully locked down, others not so much, et cetera. Um, but truthfully, it's been eight to 10 months that we've been, I'm going to say, client facing. And we're already working with over 100 healthcare organizations. Uh, we've got thousands and thousands of candidates on the platform looking for work in a variety of roles. Um, and that grows every single day, including weekends. So we're starting to see that when we do focus groups with candidates and that, that more and more people are moving away from traditional job boards. And what they like about ours, for example, is the fact that it is totally focused on healthcare and health and wellness. So you don't get all the other noise and different things where, you know, people looking for jobs and they're filtering it. They still see some manufacturing jobs and sales jobs and retail jobs. And they're like, yeah, I'm not, that's not, you know what I mean? And then other things too. So, and some of these models, they change because there's always so much competition. Whereas we stay focused on what needs to be done, how we deliver and how we make this so much, so much easier. So, you know, on our platform, the candidates have a tremendous opportunity to, to really showcase who they are, to become superstars. With even the ability to do video intro resumes, uh, all kinds of things that, you know, are more forward thinking. Um, because, you know, it's interesting, we live in this world of Instagram and TikTok and everything's video, 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 right? And, but video gives people an opportunity to show authenticity and likability. Yet, apparently, HR never got a call and say, come along for the ride. You know, they're still using resumes. And resumes, yeah, they're great. We have a free resume builder on our platform. Um, it's absolutely helps for people that for whatever reason can't build their own resume. Right, maybe uh, maybe the language is an issue. They're a recent immigrant. I know you can ask me a little bit about immigration, so <laughs> I'll leave it at that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Based on your kind of insider view of all of these particular healthcare workers, do you see trends or anything like that in terms of some of the challenges that they face, and and what might those be? Yeah, there's lots of challenges. First of all, it's the, you know, sometimes the work environment they're in. And, and I, I keep telling people that no matter what happens, if you're no longer respected and appreciated and heard, it's time to consider moving on. And that's usually a leadership issue, right? Um, but, and there's only so much of that that can be changed. But people will not change until they're ready to change. And it does not matter if they're a leader or if they're you know, on the floor with, with patients. I personally said that everybody in upper management should be on the floor for a minimum of two weeks to develop empathy, to understand what it means to be a frontline healthcare worker. Uh, that I think should be mandatory personally, um, but that's 
that's not the business that we're in or trying to, to facilitate that. We work with sometimes partners to help on the side of retention and stuff, but it sometimes means going into places that are uncomfortable. But for healthcare workers, a lot of the challenges are going to be facing the burnout, facing the high stress of the situation. Um, yes, and this has made people move around. But again, if you have the right environment, people will feel supported and then they'll feel like, okay, this is tolerable because I'm not alone. I'm not doing this all by myself. So I think that's very important for people to keep that in mind because in today's day and age, there's going to be no problem with you getting another job. And I'm not that I'm necessarily advocating people move around. It's just that you need to find what works for you, right? And not take the first job that comes along because the beauty of caring support is we provide options to people, whether you're a student or whether you're someone who's been in your healthcare career journey for whatever period of time, and that you will have a lot of interaction, people pitching to you on our platform, which is great. And then, you know, you have to decide, okay, I'm looking at the profile, I'm looking at this, looking at that, I'm in conversation, do I like these people? Would I want to work with them? Is this this kind of environment that I would like? And so the that's the way we look at it. So in as far as challenges are concerned, there's no question that sometimes people need to up their game. They need to get better at not only how to pitch themselves, but they also have to get better at, at getting more education. They have to constantly make sure they're, they're, they're keeping up on medical certificates and whatever that, that help them. Because otherwise, you know, people are going to be saying, look, you know, we know that there's a lack of workers, but you become an indispensable asset once you really start going out there and getting that stuff. And the other thing I obviously very much advocate for anybody that's getting a job, no matter what kind of job is, please network, please network. Um, and the reason I say that is that even if you go to events that don't necessarily are focused on healthcare, for example, that's okay, because you know what it's also about? It's about you developing confidence. So my, I teach networking skills to people on the side, and I combine it with motivational speaking, because my way of networking is using emotional intelligence. It's actually, you know, being vulnerable with people because it's a power, not a weakness. These are all extremely important things. So when I teach this to people, I tell them that, you know what, because sooner or later, you'll find your voice and you'll know your story. So then when you go in for those interviews, if you tell that in such a way that people are standing there with their coffee or whatever and going like this, I guarantee you that I don't care if they interview 50 people that week, they'll remember you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. (laughs) Thank you. I just think that's so interesting. And I know that you are, you know, an an advocate for networking, an advocate for emotional intelligence. And I'd really like to hear a little bit more um, about that as well, because, you know, we work in the emotional fitness space. Emotional intelligence is part of that. And so maybe you can just talk a little bit about this advocacy around networking and emotional intelligence um, that you that you uh, that you stand for. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the reason I say that that my personality like suits the, the our platform caring support is because it is about bringing people together. You know, I'm a connector in my community in Canada uh, and I'm known for it. And and I don't say that arrogantly, not at all. Because I tell people that when you go to an event, stop fixating and being so fearful of what am I going to say? I, I hate talking about myself. And I tell people, that's okay. You don't need to. And they're like, what? You know, and I say, no, what you need to do is ask them and be with them. Be present. Listen to everything. 
And guess what? You learn really fast. So wait a minute, I might be able to help them. I might know somebody that would, that could help, you know, with where they're at or what they're doing or what they hope to accomplish. And, you know, that's powerful. And what also people appreciate is when someone is actually present with them and listening, actually listening, not listening to reply, but listening to understand. Mm. Right. And therefore, and this is what I love to do. So when I tell people, does this make sense? And they're like, yeah, great. You know what? You want to be really awesome at this? Learn to inspire people. And I said, because guess what? You'll be unforgettable. They're changing their life. It could be some small little thing. People say, well, what's stuck to do with networking? It has everything. Because I said, it's not what you said. It's not what you did. It's how you made people feel. That's if you want to create a memorable experience and you want people reciprocating and you want people going, oh, my God, you, you have to know this person. You got to spend time with them. Uh, you know, they're, they're more prone to want to do business. They're, they're absolutely more prone to recommend you because you know why? You made a difference to them. This is not hard. And people just look at everything hard. It, it, you know, it's like the old adage that says life is actually pretty simple, but we as humans have a tendency to complicate it. And that's really true. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if it's people's drama or ego or whatever, because I, you know, immigrants, for instance, I love to help immigrants and help the many in my community. And I, you know what? I always tell everybody, you know, it's one of the most common bonds they all share. And many people just don't know this confidence or the lack thereof. They're new to a country, English, because uh, English is our language, you know, except for Quebec, of course. But and uh, in, in very often it's a second language. They may have no friends, no family. They have to start over. Everything's different. Everything's different. So what can we do to help? And so when I've met someone for coffee, you know, I ask them, tell me about you. And they start reading their resume verbatim. And I said, that's not the question I asked. Right. And so you see, because they think that this is what they have to do. I tell people, just remember, you're in sales. Well, no, I'm an engineer. No, because when you go to the job interview, guess what you're selling? Yourself, right? And I yeah. said, what's, what's that story look like? Share your story. And they look at you like, what? You want an aid? So I know, man, can you imagine if taking this job into account and everything, you could share a small snippet of your life where you made a huge difference and led by example. And where you did all this awesome stuff that speaks to the, the things they're interested in, right? And then I tell people, listen, before you leave, ask for a tour. And they'll go, oh, yeah, because guess what they're thinking? They're thinking, oh, they're very interested in working here. They want to see a tour of the company. Yes, that's true. But guess what you're also going to be doing? When you walk around, I want you to pay attention to whether people are happy or not in the environment. If they engage with you at all. I know people are busy, so they're going to be only so much limited engagement. But, you know, I'm saying that might be a flag if you see that people don't look happy, they look even miserable. And the question is, is, you know, are you going to be put in a situation where you're going to forever be fighting, you know, people that are in fear of change or, you know, the, this is the way we've always done it mentality, which I don't believe in. So. You know, I think what's really important is I tell people when you go to an event, look for the person in the room that owns the room, like that really knows everybody, that really rock stars it. And you just walk up and just show a moment of vulnerability where you go, hey, uh, I'm new to this. It's really nice to meet you. I was wondering if you could help me. I'd be surprised if they said no. But that's okay if they do, because then you go to the next person that's doing the same thing. And you know, I think it's really important. I've seen many people that taught this, this, this stuff, but 
when they actually go to events, they have no guests, nothing. And I, and when they try and tease me, because I bring sometimes 20 or more guests to an event, I tell them, I said, do you end your talks with good luck with that? And they're like, huh, maybe you should. I said, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just saying, listen, man, you're giving me a hard time. I said, I invite these people because I know as much as we love networking, they got to go out and do it now. So how about I just lead by example? And I'll show you, this is how you do it. And come with me because guess what? I'm going to storytell who you are in such a way that they're going to love you. They're absolutely going to love you. I guarantee it. And so, you know, this is simple stuff in my opinion. You know, usually the reason we don't do many of these things is a fear. And then when we don't actually go and act on it and someone else does, and then we feel regret, right? So I tell people, just remember, fear is temporary. Regret is forever. Right? I have to say that while you're going there and if i've interrupted i apologize but so far you've just shared the most incredible wisdom in these few minutes and i think everybody would do well to listen to it again and again and again it's really awesome thank you thank you thank you so uh you have do you have any more questions for me (laughs) yes uh, we absolutely do so i wanted to come back to the, the space of the healthcare workers and just you've you've touched on some of the challenges that they may face but maybe you can expand on top challenges that healthcare workers in Canada do fa- that, that, that they are faced with sorry I'm I'm sputtering around here <laughs> I'm gonna redo well, that you know, they absolutely have to deal with burnout they have to deal with And those things, there's tons of material now, and there's lots by the mental health associations and stuff, and lots of consultants and other other things that are trying to address this now, because we knew this was a a big problem with people in general, but certainly healthcare workers, because they're under so much duress, and they're under so much pressure. And then they're constantly in the company of people that, that, you know, are potentially more vulnerable. So they have to be wearing tons of PPE, uh, PPE and everything. And it's crazy. So, you know, this just gets exasperating. And I think a lot of times people sometimes when they leave work, they really need to reflect on, you know, what can I do in my private life that I have passion for that, that brings me back? Maybe I need to meditate. Maybe I need to spend more time uh, figuring out you know, what I can do. If people work, for instance, with their hands, with a lot of dexterity, they should absolutely do a hobby that's totally different than that. Uh, because then it, it kind of feels like if you start getting into things where you're, there's a lot of dexterity and you were already kind of doing that, there's really no break from that. And then, you know, because a lot of stuff is by habitual nature. So it might mean that the emotional stuff comes with it. Whereas, you know, maybe it's being out in nature that would do you wonders. Maybe it's, you know, going on a hike or maybe it's uh, going to a networking event. Maybe it's, you know, it's just expanding your, your point of view for either bringing you back to center or being able to, to help you find new social circles, et cetera. Another thing that I highly recommend with people is they absolutely do need to pay attention to their social circle. If you're around people that are negative, or bring others down, it will never help you and you will never excel above that. It, it's, you know, it's like the old adage, hard to soar like a, uh, you know, an eagle surrounded by turkeys, right? And, you know, as silly as that might sound, but it's true. So, you know, I joke with somebody one day and the guy says to me, well, tell me what my future is. And I was like, hey, I'm not the all-knowing here. But all of a sudden I said, wait a minute, show me your friends. And my other buddy went, oh my God, that's so true, right? Because 
we will only excel the height of that. In other words, it's like the old adage, if you are the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? It's time for you to move to another room where you're going to learn, where you're going to absorb like a sponge, where you, especially what is that room? Is it going to be like the awesome room where it's full of ideas and, and stuff where they support you, right? You know, I tell people all the time that, you know, you have to grow all the time. And even though that means going outside the comfort zone and whatever, that it'll be the best thing you ever did. And then very often we look back on it, we say, geez, that wasn't that hard, right? And because there's always a fear. And then we, we make that bigger fear in our mind than it really is. And, you know, it's now an insurmountable mountain, whether it's some new challenge, meeting new people, whatever that might be. And I tell people right at that minute when you think it, I want you to apply the Simon Sinek way. I'm sure everybody knows Simon Sinek where he was saying that when you look at the physiological attributes of a human, when they're in fear, that, you know, the rising hair, the, you know, the cold sweat, the, the elevated uh, breathing and, and heartbeat, right. And I said, so he said, what happens though physiologically when you're excited? Well, and you notice it's all the same attributes. It's all the same. So as soon as you start feeling fear, you start saying in your mind, no, this is exciting. This is exciting. This is exciting. And now it compels you to go, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to walk across this high bridge. If I'm terrified of heights, I'm going to get on stage and give this talk. And I tell people, stop focusing on the internal fears and think for a moment, like when you're giving that talk, do you have a genuine opportunity to inspire even one human being? Imagine how that would make you feel, right? And some people are like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now get up there and do it. Stop worrying about your internal fears. Because even if you were stumbling through parts of this, you know, it's important to, for one to put themselves out there. And so, you know, it, it, when people are in healthcare workers and sometimes they feel maybe lonely and whatever, they, they need to find those groups to be around. They need to find those people to be around that will build them up, that will cheer them on, that will mentor them, that will help them. But, you know, that's really, really important. And before long, if you're radiating the same energy that they are, you won't have to find them you will attract them, right? Does that make sense? Yes, yes. absolutely. And, and that also just links into the next question, which was around, there's a high percentage of immigrants that are in the healthcare sector in Canada. And I yeah. just wondered around their particular challenges, which I think link into this need for a social circle. The community. Yeah, because we are, uh, on Caring Support, we're moving more and more towards a community hub. And we want people to, you know, we'll put a marketplace on there. We'll, we'll do a whole bunch of neat stuff that will be about creating engagement of different kinds. People come in for different things, but before long, they're going, oh, what do we have here? And so, you know, it, it is important with immigrants that, you know, when they're in societies, uh, you know, any of these communities, you know, that's not their focus in the beginning. The focus for them is do I have a place to live and do I have a job? That's all they care about, because otherwise they're not going to be able to stay here. And so really, I think as a society, and this is the world over, that when you have immigrants coming to your country, there's a reason why they're there, right? In our country, especially, we need them. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough people working. We also didn't have enough babies years ago, right? So this is all catching up to us. And we got so many places where people are leaving in retirement and droves, and there's people not to fill that void. So, you know, this is why it's important. So how do we help? Well, we don't wait for the government to do it. We don't wait for that. We need to, everybody needs to rise up and say, how can I help these folks integrate into society much faster? What's involved? And this is an actionable item, not a talking item, an actionable item. 
because you know, I know sometimes I've seen like in our community and by extension uh, in bigger communities, like more expansive where there's a lot of, oh yeah, I'm all for this. It's like people that wear a ribbon that I'm doing my part, but you know, as soon as action's required, they're suddenly not there. And so, you know, it doesn't take much for people to show up to an event that helps promote immigrants, that helps, you know, gets people connected with each other. Say, well, you know, I'm not in that. Yeah, you know what? Neither am I. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go there and do my part. I'm going to say, hey, I, I know a lot of people in this community. So tell me about you. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking for an engineering job. Say, hey, you know what? I want you to meet my friend on the other side of the room. He runs a specialized robotics company. The guy's amazing. Here's a story. And I come over and I bring over and they laugh. They said, this guy's the ultimate cheerleader. And I say, well, why are we all doing this? Like, how hard is this? You're going to the event. So maybe you could take a minute to walk over to the person who's terrified, introduce yourself and just say, you know, hey, at the end of the day, what would you like to accomplish here? So it's really important that people, we are social creatures. We are anthropologically designed to be together. And we absolutely need to make that happen. We've just come off of, 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 of a pandemic. I'm going to say we're post-pandemic, I believe. Uh, cross your fingers. But I tell people, please, absolutely, for your sanity's sake, find those people in your life that you can go to, that you can share with, that you can talk with, that you can learn from. And it will make huge things because sometimes it'll give you fresh perspective and that might be what you need, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really lovely. And, and thank you for those words. Um, just before we close out, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to, just get a little bit more of a, of a, know a little bit more about you, James Smith. So tell us a little bit about where you're at right now. You know, Canada is not a small country. And no. just a little bit about you, maybe your family situation and the, 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 the town that you're in. Just give us a little bit more of the personal side of sure. James Smith. Well, we are headquartered in London, Ontario, Canada. It's about uh, just under two hours west of Toronto. Um, we're working in our whole province. It's sort of like similar to saying the state um, of Ontario. And then we're gonna go across the country and then to the US. And uh, the growth curve on this has been really great. So, you know, London is a community of around, I'm gonna say close to half a million now, I believe. Uh, so a pretty good sized city, but not too crazy. It's very manageable. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I love living here. I wasn't born here. I was raised here and then I left and I came back and then I left and I came back. But, uh, you know, this is home for me now. And, um, and I like it a lot. I have a lot of friends in this community. Um, and uh, and it's, it's, it's really great to be able to, to help people integrate into our community because, you know, I know I can provide value to them by introducing them to tons of people by taking places and, and uh, you know, just making them feel like they're, uh, you know, welcome and wanted, you know, does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. How wonderful. So if ever we come across to your part of the world, we're going to make sure that we come by London, Ontario. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I think more cities and towns need people like you. I do so. To ease that integration. Because yes. who knows the space better than the people who live there? Yeah. We often say to people who come to visit where we are that, you know, come swing by us because we'll show you some things and help you integrate and see stuff that is a little bit off the beaten track that you may enjoy. 
um, that you won't necessarily know about unless you live in a space. And I really think, you know, you're a great ambassador for, for the work. I think the, the ethos and the value that you espouse just around being, <clears throat> excuse me, a human being, I think more of us mm. could aspire to those values. So I found this really inspiring. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thank you. You're too Thank kind. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. We really um, enjoyed inter the interview. We enjoyed having you with us today. Um, may the rest of your week be full and fantastic. And uh, yes, we're going to be chatting uh, to others, maybe to you, I'm not sure, a little bit later. But uh, we look forward to engaging um, further with um, the with caring support and uh, Thank you so much again for being here. And thank you so much, guys. You take care, okay? Yes, thank thanks you. a lot. You too. Bye for now. See you later. That was a great interview. Such a great guy. I have to agree. I just found his energy levels infectious, his anecdotes amazing and illuminating and thought-provoking as well as his desire to do good in the community and support everybody to do better. And to take responsibility for that. Each person to take responsibility for their engagements mm. and what they can get out of conversations and networking. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I'll be doing, um, slightly tongue-in-cheek here, maybe not, is looking at my friends and deciding which ones I'm going to keep. So, friends, beware. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. I loved what he had to say about building relationships. And as you just said as well, you know, that consistent responsibility really resonates with the principle it starts with me and as usual we've come to the time in our podcast poetry time what have you found and discovered for us this week the poem is called connection and it's an inspirational poem by robert longley about feeling connected with life the world nature and those around us basically it talks to the belief that we are all energy we don't just impact one another by coming into direct contact. We are the sum of our experiences and all of those around us. Sounds fascinating. Look forward to hearing it. Connection by Robert Longley. How we connect with nature and all its living things makes us feel our oneness and all the joy it brings. A simple touch or gesture can change the way we feel. When gone are possibilities, the soul still stands to heal. A reminder that we are not physical, just hanging out as such, collecting time as memories, that always means so much. Sometimes it's just intentions and actions left undone that create the strongest memories amidst waves and setting sun. Wow, beautiful. Thank you so much. I really love how you managed to find the most incredible pieces of poetry to complement whatever we do in the podcast. Mm, thank you. And this is no exception. Mm. Well, with that, it's time to say farewell. And it's been great to be reminded about how to show up and connect with others. So, and with that, it's time to say farewell. It's been lovely to connect and just a reminder to find ways to connect this week. And also be kind and be gentle with yourselves. And until we meet again, from me, Chantel, 
Bye for now. And from me, Matthew, remember, show up, do the work, connect, connect with you, connect with others, connect with the environment. And until we meet again, bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast and haven't done already, please subscribe or follow us. You can also go to our website, fifth.place. Yes, that's all it is. The number five, th.place. Yes, and on our website, you can find out more about what we do. Engage with us. Become a subscriber to our weekly subscription called The Week That Was, where we explore all the things that we get up to in the world of emotional fitness. If you're interested in finding out more ways to build your emotional fitness, then we encourage you to try out our mini audio course called Master Your Emotions. And you can also build your emotional fitness by regularly attending. Strangely enough, it's called an emotional fitness class. Mm -hmm. And all of this information you can find in the links below. If you found this podcast to be of value and you would like to match this value, then you can do so by making a donation to Fifth Place. This will enable us to provide more valuable content in time again. The link is in the description to this podcast.